0: Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
1: Let's get to our Counterpoint, because it is a busy one tonight. we got Anthony Fury, who you can, of course, read in the SunPost media. He's a columnist there. Hello there.
0: I am, I am. Hello, hello.
1: And John Dwyer, director of Arias Technologies, Incorporated. Hello there good evening. You're uh, pitch hitting for Bob Richardson, so I appreciate that.
2: You know, I'm not one of the top 50 reasons to love uh, Toronto and Toronto life, but I'll, I'll try uh-huh. to
1: huh? <laughs> Well, you got to be really smart, okay? Uh, and you have to welcome. disagree with uh, Anthony slightly, so <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's, right. That's not hard. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the news dump, because I want to get your thoughts on it, because it caught everyone off guard. Um, of the appointment of uh, Mississauga Mayor Hazel McCallion as a special advisor, she will help the uh, Premier and advise on issues like the Municipal Affairs in housing, and she will be paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars at ninety-seven years of age. I'm not a, I'm, uh, These are the missteps that I think um, Anthony are, are going to come back to bite Ford.
0: I agree. I'm not crazy about this at all. I mean, Hazel McCallion is someone who's got a, many years in government, so has a lot of wisdom to offer and is at the elder statesman role, the elder, elder, elder statesman role, <laughs> where I think the wise thing is that if the premier uh, wants to call up uh, Ms. McCallion from time to time and seek her insight and input on different issues, then she can uh, volunteer that uh, to the premier. And then uh, there are other sort of senior management people who are in the prime of their career who then go and implement that sort of stuff. And and I think Ms. McAllen could probably do that uh, pro bono as part of a a kitchen cabinet role.
1: Yeah, John, I mean, look, these are the things I think only because Ford said he would not do this stuff. And again, you know, it might be pennies in the big picture, but it's the optics of stuff like this. Does this bother you?
2: Um, it, it, I mean, I'll go so far as to say I think Hazel probably has income beyond her Canada pension plan and didn't necessarily need the 150 k It could be most certainly spent more wisely. But as it relates to her position in advising the Premier and I think, you know, the, the Premier's office, uh, as we go through this audit of the municipalities, uh, you know, across the province, she provides very unique insight. You can go ahead and call her the eldest statesperson, um, perhaps historically ever. Um, it, it, she she does have a a a ton of experience that I think can't be replicated elsewhere, and she may have insights about places such as Burlington and Oakville, you know, where we're seeing yep. a greater dialogue around the amalgam of these two uh, of these two municipalities, which, you know, to a lot of people makes sense. And for a lot of other people, it's a touchy subject.
1: Yeah. Alan Carter and I were just chatting about it. And the one the one kind of uh, th- thing we came to is, you know, if they are going to do amalgamation and they're going to get someone like um, um, Hazel McCallion to be part of that whole process, it certainly would help Doug sell an amalgamation plan if, in fact, that's where the review takes us. It's easier, it's easier to yell at Doug Ford than it is Hazel
0: McCallion. For sure. And if she buys into that amalgamation and then she offers the, the the sort of peels back the curtain and says, this is where it will work, this is where it won't. And I think the whole thing with amalgamation is it's going to work in some communities. It's not going to work in others. And it all depends on what the service delivery is there, uh, how how sort of geographically dense it is, and all of those different factors. So, again, she could play a role in that. But the elder statesman role is not a, a clocking in nine to five at the office being paid Your hundred and fifty k, it's 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 further distance, and I still think that that's the role she should be playing.
1: Yeah, look, I may change my mind on this thing. It may may prove to be a genius that I'm quite not seeing yet. I just think the optics aren't great, especially given it was not even twenty four hours ago that students found out you know their post secondary educations, you know it's getting cut back a little bit, you know as far as OSAP and um, you know some of the programs, but they're lowering um, program fees by ten percent. Um, and, and I'm going to take the conversation kind of in a different direction, because I know a lot of people are very angry about this so-called free education being taken away from them that was never free. I mean, we are told as kids that you're going to go to university, you've got to go to university, you got to do these things. But, but back in my generation only a few select people were actually selected you had to compete for those spaces in a university and only the best got in um, and I think when you did get in it made you want to work a lot harder because it was such a, a a limited thing but that's not what university is about I think isn't it time now Anthony to start pushing kids to more trades other colleges not everyone needs a university education
0: well and there's the pressure that you were you were stupid if you didn't go to university or something like that and it is so unfair and also there's that famous that's Mike Hol- Mike Holmes tweet yes. that a lot of people are talking about now now and the premier is mentioning it and so forth where Mike Holmes said that I guess his son or his son's friend was walking through a mall and and a guy said hey son you gotta get an education so you don't end up like this guy and then Mike Holmes said I don't want the trades to be shamed anymore what Mike Holmes didn't say probably because he was uh, being a bit too coy or generous to say it is that Mike Holmes his son and his son's friend probably make a hell of a lot more than uh, all of those uh, different undergrad uh, degree graduates yeah. have I'm quite I, I took a I have a degree in philosophy and English literature and I was teased by a lot of people and even sort of adults I knew who said, what are you going to do with that? And I'm quite privileged that I have been able to, you know, raise a family and, and, and pay down a mortgage with that degree. But a lot of people are not. There's still a lot of people who are, who are, uh, you know, junior shift managers at a Starbucks who have the sort of degrees that I have. So we need to talk in more reality about it. And I, uh, the prolonging of adolescence is a real problem here where, you know, you do high school, you do a gap year, you do a four-year university, you realize that that's kind of not so right. So then you go into college yeah. later after not realizing, then you have to do some B2B back to business program and then maybe some night school MBA and then you're like 36 and you eventually think well maybe I'll start to yeah, settle down and pay back and... my loans and go I mean geez this is not good for society at all it's it's not good for the economic big picture
1: no look I'm all about education but I'm also very much about the trades and I actually may go back at one point and get something because I'm a very handy person I want my son to either get something electrical or pl- I want him to have a trade because I think they're that great and it gives you an advantage because if you ever fall in hard. Sometimes you can't lose that um but of course if if john if if he wants to go into engineering or medicine then then he should go to university i just don't think all kids should be pushed only in
2: one direction well you know i can i can actually say i've not made a penny off of my magical honorary <laughs> honors uh, political science degree uh big love to mcmaster university by the way um you know I, it was I all those
1: john nights okay
2: <laughs> those are those are good nights yeah i think that determination for a lot of kids You know is made at home in the direction that they're pushed in and the environment in which they grow up but you know at the end of the day there's a lot of communities that uh, don't value the trades that uh, you know come from many different experiences that have you know a long lineage of parents and grandparents that did physical labor that want more for their kids and 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 so that was always the stigma around it now we're seeing this change of the narrative obviously and we're also realizing that many of the trades, whether it's electrical, plumbing, pipe fitting, etc., uh, or, or even laborers union, are making upwards of $90,000. And so if you look at some of the other jobs, like, you know, uh, entry engineering, if you're not working at a large company like Hatch or or any of the large ones, you're not really going to be making over call $80,000 for your first five to six years, whereas... Somebody going into trades is going to make a lot more, but I think the one important thing we need to touch on here, and I think Alex, I talked about this on the show on Tuesday night, and my favorite John Kennedy line is, "We're only as strong as the weakest among us." And and as much of a fan of Doug Ford as I am, I think this was a mistake to withdraw the the funding or, or call it the free education for kids who come from you know a household where the aggregate income of the parents is under fifty thousand dollars. I mean.
1: No, no. He said a hundred and like if you're making hundred and fifty thousand, you should not be getting OSAP.
2: No, know and I agree. But 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 what happened was that the previous program gave uh, 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 students uh, whose parents made under fifty k uh, on aggregate uh, uh, free education, and and I think that's a tremendous program. I'm somebody you know. Look, I grew up uh, in Scarborough. Family didn't have a ton of money. Uh, I had OSAP debt and grants and you know other things, uh, and, and and that allowed me to get you know an education uh, that that changed my life, and I think. You know, let's not conflate the idea that, you know, like it's binary. You're either going to university or you're going to be... No, but that uh, that you know.
1: that's what I guess what I'm saying. Because I went to a college and I had debt. But what I didn't have is university debt. I had college debt. It got me into the profession I am now. I had a great education. It got me what I needed. And now I'm in the job force. But again... You don't have to have those huge $50,000 bills.
0: Well, and Alice, I think the challenge is the whole system needs reforming because university administrators have been really pulling a fast one, pretty much everyone. They've been doing a lot of empire building. The money is not going to the instructors. Sessional instructors have been striking. They're upset about it all. Uh, The the academics, there's uh, some money that's been put into research in recent decades and sort of STEM fields and so forth, although maybe we'll get Huawei out of our universities (laughs) in in the next few months there. And I think we need to talk more about all of that because if you're reducing the fees by by 10% and so forth... I think the administrators should be should be held to account for finding uh, where all of that gap comes in, and and I, I think people should uh, when, if they're going to university. There's a lot of things that are. I mean, look, originally the universities were things that only the leisure class and and the religious, the monks, and so forth went into. I'm obviously talking hundreds of years ago, but it's it's somehow morphed away from that. And and, and if we're gonna be we're gonna say okay, you can have a free university education if it's something society values, fine. But and I say this is some of the liberal arts degree. I don't want people billing the taxpayer for their liberal arts degrees. Right,
1: exactly. If you're going for something that's a very specialized area, that I get— but I don't want to pay for your basket weaving either. Frankly, I just don't.
0: Nobody has ever checked my BA. Maybe I didn't go, and I'm lying about it. I mean, any job that I'd ever applied for, nobody ever checked to see that I had. Because it's because everybody has a BA. You know, yeah. if you say I have a degree in history or English, it's, okay, everybody has. It. They don't, you know, they don't even care. Just kids don't go anymore. Just lie and say you have, it, and they're not going to check in the job interview. Yeah,
2: yeah there is there, there some there is some value to be to, to say that this is as long as war and peace, and actually know that Leo Tolstoy wrote it. So you're like on the inside of the joke now.
1: Here on point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.
0: Hey, no name calling here, just differing opinions going head to head with Counterpoint. Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
1: We got Anthony Fury and John Dwyer pitch hitting here for uh, the second round of Counterpoint. Let's start with that topic uh, as I brought up baseball. Uh, Because it was 14 months ago that uh, Greg Zahn got caught up in his own Me Too allegations. The former Blue Jays, uh, also a sportscaster, pretty much kind of disappeared. Um, and he finally broke his silence with the Toronto Sun, uh, and there's an article in there. And he doesn't really go into details about what did or didn't happen, um, but we do know that he got caught up in comments. They were clearly taken some way, and he had to go. Um, but what struck me in the article, I think, was this comment that he said that he's not a victim, but he does have things he would like to see say, but he feels that there's no point. And, John, that bothers me because part of the Me Too movement, what has happened is a lot of men, um, like Greg Zahn, have found themselves completely buried in allegations they can't possibly defend themselves from. And when they want to, well, it's too late. But if they said anything, they'd be they'd look like a jerk anyway. And that's why I didn't like uh, Me Too, because there's no due process.
2: Yeah, you know, I should disclose Greg is a is a personal friend, a close friend of mine. And, uh, you know, we do speak uh, quite often and you know, what he went through was, uh, you know, life-changing, I think, for him. And, and uh, you know, I think even in the article this morning in the Toronto Sun, he he expressed uh, regret and said that he did make some mistakes. But, you know, I think... Well, who hasn't?
1: Like, yeah, who well, hasn't?
2: Uh, it, it, it's important, you know, and I think the, that the article that was written in the Sun this morning did, you know, a, a fairly good job of detailing the fact that there was no touching that happened. And, and um, the locker room culture that exists in professional sports and has for for decades uh and decades is, uh, is obviously coming to an end and mm-hmm. uh, there are going to be scapegoats and greg most certainly was one that's not to diminish the fact that you know obviously he did make some mistakes but to your point it is incredibly difficult to find any arena in which somebody who's accused of me too uh can def- sorry who's been kind of accused and 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 under this this, uh, the, 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 um, now the umbrella of all of these individuals who are accusing me, to because there's no kind of granular detail or gradient on which people are kind of assessed and say, like, this guy did something absolutely abhorrent and, you know, should really have no role in terms of media and all these kind of things. Whereas, you know, Greg's situation, in a lot of people's opinion, um, there was uh, a lot more to the story. Um, well, there always is.
1: And, and But that's the point. There's always two. there's always three sides to the story. There's her side, his side or whatever. And then there's somewhere in there is the truth. But when you get someone hurling an allegation at you, you cannot. Like Greg says, I'd love to say something now. But if, if Greg's on were to come out today and say, well, this is what actually happened. And this is my side of it. He'd be a D bag, a jerk. And oh, we believe her and you're slut shaming. And that's not right.
0: And Alex, the the problem is, when you're talking about he said, she said, and we have allegations of assault, physical assault, sexual assault, rape, well, okay, it's a he said, she said, we will let the courts figure it out. And that is how this Me Too started, Harvey Weinstein allegations, and perhaps a story that will... A lot of them
1: are falling away,
0: though. Well, well, there you have it, and and the Jean Gomeshi issue, it went to court, he had his day in court, and he prevailed. So many of these other stories, they're gossip. Yeah. And that's what they are. And we can form our judgments about these people, but the fact that a company should drop someone like they're hot, you know, I don't know. And I know the clauses are written very well that that you can do all of this sort of stuff, but uh, I, you know, I don't feel good about this. We find one weakness in a person. There's one tweet they say, let's get them, you know, let's screw them over. I have not gone hard on this. Caring Wang candidate over in BC, a Liberal candidate, she worded something stupidly, some racial slant against Jagmeet Singh. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not running for the hills on this, and I, I don't do the pylon even if I don't disagree with the person or don't like them in the first place.
1: But then you flip forward to the R. Kelly story, you know, after, what, 20 years of known allegations? Not one, not one she said. 20 years of known, documented, court-cased sexual assault allegations with young girls, and it's only now, because of a TV series, that Sony's dropping them? I mean, John, it makes no sense. You got a guy like Greg gets knocked out by one thing, and then you've got R. Kelly, who is, like, established, you know, alleged predator.
2: Yeah, one needs only to, you know, think back to the Dave Chappelle show. Uh, for those of the listeners who watched it, I mean, he did an incredible parody of what <laughs> R. Kelly has been accused of, which yeah. I, I, I can't tell it on radio, and I want you to have me back on so people can just Google it <laughs> and figure it out. But I think, you know, one of the, one of the most important metrics that we can all look to as we see this evolution happening in society, what some people will kind of call, you know, a renaissance and a win in terms of how we're treating each other and how we're conceptualizing how words hurt people because they are. And look, I think a lot of the changes that that has happened is a good thing. Mm -hmm. However, other people see it as this, this, just absolute torrent of political correctness and one of the great places i always see it in is look at the evolution of judd apatow movies mm. you see like seth rogan in the you know early two thousands in uh you know uh 40 year old virgin and knocked up the words and the language and, and and the way that they talk about you know the um the lgbt uh, communities and a number of others that would never fly today and
0: zach and so, mary make a porno would not be made now that no, movie, no. you Dude, make an excellent point. Him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and, and, so and yet the but and yet and yet R. Kelly, up until last week when this airs, show started airing, he was still selling out tickets. It's only now that there's a TV. Ah, well, series. there you go. Money
0: talks, well, and I think that's part of it. And one of yeah. the, we've seen a lot of broadcasters let go recently. And perhaps is it just that this is an opportunity? These we know broadcasting. I, I hate to say it, but you know, because we all uh, make some income from it. But there's changes to the industry, and maybe these people were grandfathered in at salaries that aren't sustainable anymore and they go oh now's our opportunity to get rid of this guy so there's a lot of things going on behind the curtain
1: yeah, yeah. all right guys i guess i gotta leave it there i appreciate it. i was gonna get into it i was gonna get how much time do i have no i don't i was gonna get into ontario place okay give me ontario place in 30 seconds because i don't have a lot of time but doug ford is looking for ideas i don't care what they do with it because i'm not offended by Fort ferris wheels and casinos so i don't care what they do with it anthony what should it be built into
0: I'm not too concerned either, and I think mixed use is is <laughs> yeah. an interesting thing. I mean, obviously, and there are a lot of people who live down... I don't think it's a destination anymore. I think there are communities growing... it could be. Uh, well, it can be, yeah. but there's so many condos around there now, and it's no longer just the double income, no kids. There's people raising families there cause, cause home, because 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 home houses cost so much. So I think you're going to need some sort of stuff for families and community, and you might also need to, heaven forbid, give 15, 20% of it to private developers.
1: Yeah, but, but oh, God, look, I just went to, to Atlantis, where they have everything for everyone, you you can go to a casino. You can have the kids. You can, there's so much stuff that you could actually do that there. You just have to plan it
2: right. If you look at if you look at the the, the document that was issued today through the press release, you know they want that foreign direct investment, and the big reason for it is, and they said very clearly in the press release we want you to come to us with a plan where you're going to pay for the whole thing and i applaud that yeah finally something where where well corporate welfare (laughs) pay for it and by the way this is just another mission creep along with a number of other things that came out in the media today about the establishment of a casino it's gonna happen i guarantee it uh and and there's just a ton of indicators as to why it's gonna happen next five years
1: great and you know what i'm not gonna cry because guess what i won't go okay Anthony Fury, John Dwyer on this uh, counterpoint. You're On Point on Global News Radio.
0: You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.